From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. I'm gonna stand right down and write myself a letter And make believe it came from you Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Naps Chat. I'm Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors. Last week, for the first time, I referred to Naps Chat listeners as Naps Chatters, and it sort of caught on with many of our listeners. So, Naps Chatters, let's bring you up to date with the latest postal news. On Friday morning, the House Oversight and Government Reform Subcommittee on Government Operations, which is chaired by Congressman Jerry Conley, conducted a hybrid hearing in Chicago. By hybrid, I mean that some of the members of Congress who will participate in that hearing will participate remotely via Zoom. He intends to explore the degradation of Postal Service standards and how the reduction impacted mail delivery in the Chicago metropolitan area, as well as the rest of the country. Witnesses include the Chicago Postmaster, a representative from the NALC, National Association of Letter Carriers, and a representative from the Office of the Inspector General. The hearing can be heard as a recording on the Oversight and Reform website at oversight.house.gov. With that as preamble, I am so pleased to welcome this week's guest to NAPS Chat, Congressman Bill Pascrell of New Jersey. The congressman represents a district in the northeastern part of New Jersey that is a suburb of New York City. Representative Pascrell is a native of Patterson, New Jersey, where he formerly served as mayor and has been a member of the New Jersey congressional delegation since 1997, almost a quarter of a century. Mr. Pascrell presently serves on the all-powerful House Ways and Means Committee, where he chairs its subcommittee on oversight. That being said, over the course of his long and dedicated congressional career, Representative Pascrell has distinguished himself as a relentless advocate on behalf of postal employees and a high-quality postal service. Welcome to NAPS Chat, Representative Pascrell. Bob, I'm honored to be on your show, and I'm sure it's hopefully be interesting to your listeners, and you fire away on anything you want to ask. Now, Congressman, I know you don't serve on the Oversight and Reform Committee, but if you were a member of that committee, what would be the one question you would ask Postmaster General Louis DeJoy? Probably ask the question, what's the best way for us to get money to the post office without having to raise postage, et cetera, et cetera, because I think it can be done, and that is why Carolyn Maloney, Congressman Maloney from New York, has asked us, and I've been working on this for many, many years, as you know, how are we going to do this through postal reform? What do we need to do? And I think it's a very interesting point. This is a key governmental function. We need to respect the post office as we once did. So I'm very interested in reform, how we pay for these services, I think is a very important question. And uh, we got to build, I think, rebuild public confidence in the Postal Service. And in my role on the Ways and Means Committee as chairman of oversight for our own issues, uh, there's no question in my mind. That's why I sent a letter to the, the 
inspector general of the post office, and that letter proved to bring about a tremendous review of what was going on in the post office. So I think that we need a thorough examination uh, of what's happening at the post office, some of it good, some of it not so good. So I joined in a letter to the inspector general, and that inspector general, as I respect all of them in each of the major departments, the inspector generals, they have so much information, and I'm glad that she took the time to answer it. So we're going to see we're going to see reform. Uh, we're not going to negotiate it now on on the air. But we're going to certainly have reform for the Postal Office. It's long in coming. One of the issues where you have spent a considerable amount of time, and you actually were prophetic about this, uh, was a vision that you shared with Senator, uh, that you share with Senator Elizabeth Warren and uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, and that is that the Postal Service should provide some basic financial services to Americans, particularly to the Absolutely. Uh, the Postal Service recently disclosed that will authorize it will authorize four pilot programs to make available limited right. check cashing at post offices. What's your reaction yeah. to this? Well, I, you know, we need banking options. There's, there's almost 68 million people, Bob, Americans. They're shut out from the mainstream banking services uh, by overdrafts, direct deposit fees, the ATMs you know, surcharges. So millions are vulnerable to payday lenders, unregulated predatory payday lenders and check cashers with obscene interest rates. So postal banking can cross partisan lines. I think it's a uh, banking that's, uh, this is a very rare issue that can unite both Democrats and Republicans, urban and rural Americans alike. Now, how many issues can say that today? So it's, it's a no brainer. Uh, the pilot programs have started, uh, so the post office is in a unique position. And the last month, the U.S. Postal Service uh, finally began implementing that for what you just mentioned, the four postal banking pilot programs. That's a fresh start. Uh, earlier this year, I uh, authored the House-approved language uh, to provide $6 million for pilot programs to expand check cashing and bill payment. So postal banking is the future. Postal banking is essential. Rebuilding our United States Postal Service, it's got to be part of our future. And, and that's what I've been talking about for many years. And hopefully we're getting closer. I hope so. Do you think this action by the Postal Service to initiate these four pilot programs is just in order to placate folks like you and members of Congress who've been pushing for postal banking for a long time? For, for a substantial amount of well, time. Well, we'll know that. Yeah. We'll know that between six and 12 months. We'll be able to figure whether we're, you know, we're being placated, and I like that word, or whether this is for very meaningful. Just as with the reform legislation, we're going to see how quickly or not quickly it's acceptable by the Board of Governors. And I think that this is important. We spent a lot of time on this reform bill. Carolyn did a fantastic job. And I'm going to absolutely support reform because it's very necessary to the further development of the greatest, one of the greatest agencies that this country's ever put together.
Okay, well, let me ask you about the reform bill since you've brought it up. Um, as you know, the bill, H.R. 3076, is pending before the Ways and Means Committee, where you are a senior member. That's correct. And the Oversight Committee approved the bill by a bipartisan vote back in mid-May. The bill has been pending right. before Ways and Means for a considerable amount of time. And I recently asked Chairman Richard Neal of the Ways and Means Committee about the bill. He said he stated it was a priority. So what's causing That's the correct. De- what's causing the delay? Well, there are a lot of things right now that have, you know when everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. There's been a lot of effort put into this, Bob, because it's been standing on on the edge of the page, so to speak, for many many years. We need reform now in the United States Postal Service. And financing, how are we going to finance this? So we got to we, we got to think big. The Postal Service Reform Act, we finally do away with pre-funding the pre-funding mandate that has crushed United States Postal Service financing, and we voted on that in 2006. Big mistake. It was a mistake that must be fixed, and we got to. When it comes to ensuring the Postal Service flourishes in the next century and beyond. We need to think bigger and bolder. We're not a business. It's a public utility, the Postal Service. Any serious reformation must begin by fully rejecting the idea that the post office should be run like a business. It's time that we again treat this agency like a public good rather than a private business. We must focus on consistently providing affordable, fast, reliable mail first and foremost. So expanding the United States Postal Service offerings, for centuries the post office has connected far-flung parts of the country at a little, little cost. So we have to let it provide key governmental functions like helping citizens pay their taxes, obtaining passports, votes, and bank would better connect Americans with their government. So, as I said before, rebuilding public confidence. I think I've always been close to the post office and the employees, the carriers, the postmasters in my own state, in my own city, in Patterson, New Jersey, where I grew up, and that's where I still live. And so I hate to see people come along and think, well, we've got to apply some business methods to do this. No one's anti-business here, but the point of the matter is, this is an agency to do good within the republic, and we got to return it to that major function. You just referenced that you are concerned about uh, the public trust and confidence the American people have in the Postal Service. Yes. Over the past oh, 18 months, so months, the Postal Service has been, as I've characterized to some folks, like a political pinata. In, yes. Uh, particularly within the run-up to the 2020 presidential election, and we're going to be coming up on the 2022 congressional election sh- shortly. The attorney generals of 19 states plus the District of Columbia, including the acting attorney general of New Jersey, have recently filed a complaint. In fact, last week filed a complaint with the Postal Regulatory Commission about the slowdown of the mail that you've Critic, That's correct. been highly critical of. I'd like to get your insight about how you think the Postal Service not operating as a public service as it appears to currently being been operated, how that figures into the public trust and what you intend to do as a member of Congress to help restore the trust in the Postal Service. Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. 
The United States Postal Service isn't a business, I'll repeat that, but a public utility. And when you have serious reformation, it must begin by fully rejecting the idea that the Postal Service should be run like a business. It's time that we again treat the agency like a public good rather than a private business. We must focus on consistently providing affordable, fast, reliable mail first and foremost. So expanding our offerings, I think, is the way to go in the direction we should be going in. We need postal reform. Uh, I wrote an an op-ed piece in 2019 for the Washington Monthly, and I laid out what I considered my vision to revitalize our great postal service. I hope your listeners would read it. I encourage you to do so, not because I wrote it. I think it has some ideas in there that we might consider from pre-funding, of course, doing away with that, pre-funding those pensions, and expanding the United States Postal Service offerings. I mean, we've got to be energetic about this. Um, I've criticized, I think rightfully so, the leadership within the Postal Office, uh, giving them ideas brick by brick, uh, how to come back, how to make that. The president... The former president confessed he was doing it to stop mail ballots and subvert the election. What the heck is that all about? And, you know, as if we weren't suspect enough. And meanwhile, the postmaster, his appointee, provided some really disastrous plans which have wreaked havoc on the mail. With the on-time rate for first-class mail actually cratering to a meager 38% late last year. So enough is enough as far as I'm concerned. The board is complicit through all of it. The appointed board members from the last president have done absolutely nothing. They stood in support of the Joy's arson. I call it the arson of the post office. And they must be held accountable. And uh, I I won't go into that right now. I've laid out some plans for that as well. I want to see public trust in the post office increase and the credibility increase. That's what I've been talking about for the last several years. Let me let me touch on that article that you wrote for the Washington Monthly back in 2019. Yeah. As I recall, yes, it was entitled that Congress is sabotaging your post office. Do, that's you, right. st- do you still think that's applicable, that title? Well, right now I think it's the Board of Governors, but the Congress is complicit. There's been no real investigations Till I sent a letter to the inspector general, nothing was being done. Nothing was being done. And Ms. Whitman did a great job, I thought. And I think, as I said, Congressman Maloney followed up, put, put some legislation together. I'm, I'm going to follow this like a hound dog. I'm not going to let it go. And I, I, I provided suggestions, not criticisms. And I hope that can happen. You might need a a new board of directors. I don't care whether they're Democrat or Republican. They're not doing a job. And you know what? I'm going to tell you straight. This is what I'm talking about, Bob. There is no doubt in my mind that the post office has bought off some some of the unions and working people that work within the post office to provide some, some help to them while not reaching out to the bigger problems. And I've laid it out. I've said it enough times. Until you have a new postal postmaster, 
you're not going to get the changes that I'm talking about. Let's put you in the room with President Biden right now. President Biden has noticed your long-term and uh, very substantial criticism of the Postal Service and its operations in the recent past. As you might know, the Board of Governors, there are two folks who could be uh, two positions that could be nominated by the president uh, in the short term. Uh, the current chairman right. of the Board of Governors, Ron Bloom, he will be he is term limited. I mean, he can't even serve another year as a holdover past December 8th. And then uh, he's a Democrat. Yeah, his, his term expired December the 8th, 2020. Right. And now he's serving in his holdover year. So on he, the, yeah, he's, he's got a one year holdover term. Until December 2021, which is quickly approaching right. as well. And John Barger. Or, or his replacement in Senate. His replacement has not been confirmed by, by the Senate. Right. And John Barger, who is a Republican member of the Board of Governors, his term that expires right. on December 8th, 2021. But he could serve a holdover year. So you're in with the pre with you're President right. Biden. He says, yes, Bill. Who do you th what the, what skill set should I use to nominate a the t two additional members of the Board of Governors? Well, I think you've had patience. The point of the matter is, are the are the the Board of Governors being determined by service to the employees as well as to the American citizens who are the customers? And I have said a resounding no. So. If the, if the board of directors, regardless of whether Democrats or Republicans, being a Democrat doesn't confirm reform. I want people who are active, that are willing to stand up, fight for the employees, but also never forget the customer. And I think that this board has been complacent. They've been spoon-fed. And that's why we have not had the reform or we've seen real changes. Most of the changes that occurred, if you remember, Bob, the inspector general poo-pooed them as not being meaningful ways to get the post office back into the people's confidence. Those are not my words. They're hers. The Board of Governors, as, as, as you know, is not – the members are nominated by the president but confirmed by the Senate. Have you conveyed your views to the two senators of your state? your views and what, how they should use their good offices in the pursuit of postal excellence? Oh, yeah. They know very well how I think, Bob. They know very, very well. And they would agree with much I put forth. They want to see some changes that are meaningful and not just changes that help this group of people or that group of people. The main, our main purpose of existing is to serve the public. We're a utility. We are not a business. And the point of the matter, I think, has been well taken. Now, I, I want to go back into your history, a little bit of your history. As mayor of Patterson, many, many years yes, ago, sir. what was your relationship with the post, with your local post office at that point in time? And did you come to rely on the well, post office? Well, I had office? a very personal relationship with the postmaster, Murphy, at that time. And then the, it, the, 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 the several that followed after him. There was a respect there. The mail was on time. If there was a problem, you talked to Mr. Murphy and it got done. And that, it's not working that way right now, Bob. I'm sorry to say. Uh, I think we can restore that. Uh, look, we're in the 21st century. There are going to be differences now than then. 
there's more things to take care of, and there's more opportunities for us to get this right. Right now, it's not right. The mail is slowed, and we saw that beginning last year. Now it's up to, I mean, the number I gave you is, is not something I picked out of the air. A meager 38% late last year, that's cratered. Cratered, and we can't accept that. Yeah, the postal regulatory. And that's my thoughts. Yeah, the postal regulatory commission has been rather critical, you know, with the changes uh, that are be that are being yes. being implemented in terms of, you know, we, we all know that it's slowing down the mail. The postal service claims, at least claims publicly, that the reason for these changes is that it will save money. But the postal regulatory <laughs> commission can't find any validity to the numbers. Do no. you think that? Yeah, yeah. There's the mail no, down? there's no validity. They're full of baloney. And I don't accept it. I haven't accepted it in the past. I certainly don't accept it now. We've got to change the mojo of the whole department. And you're not going to do it with these board of governors. I don't know how clear, how, how clear I could be about that. Oh, you're very clear, Congressman. You're very clear. <laughs> I, I want to turn even further back and turn the clock even further back in time. And I usually ask our guests at the beginning of the uh, interview, but I'm going to ask you at the end of the interview this question. What is your first recollection of receiving or sending mail, whether it be as a kid or as a, a student? And, you know, what was, it was your a first prescription? It was a prescription, Bob. It was a prescription. Need I, need I say more? A medical prescription that came late and when it happens one time, look, there's no such a thing as perfection on earth. Only God is perfect. But then when it happened again, not as long as the first delay, then you got to start asking questions that I did at my local post office. I learned a lot of things last year, my holiday mail from my congressional office, which I pay for, not the government, my holiday mail, I delivered to the postal office on December the 1st. You know what? You know the ones the first Christmas cards were delivered? No. Mostly, particularly in New Jersey. January 25th, my birthday, one month after Christmas, one month after the Holy Days, and the Jewish faith as well. Mm-hmm. So, I've had personal experiences up the gazoo and it's getting worse, whether it's prescriptions, whether it's bills, whether it's payments. And we need to do something about who runs the post office that is in personnel and who changes the postal postal service like the board of governors. I would terminate all of them, Democrats or Republicans. They're not doing their job. The facts show it. Do a, do a fact check on the Postal Service and, and what people think. Class A mail, they're, gonna, they're going to ruin it and destroy Class A mail altogether. You know, how many pieces of mail are delivered every year? You know, it goes all over. This is the biggest postal area in the whole world, United States. All the mail comes through here somehow, some way. And if we don't do anything about it, there will not be any service. It'll be more haphazard. And that's where we're looking. They don't know how to save money. 
and we're not going to do it by raising postal money proportionally or not proportionally to the amount of service that is provided. And thinking that you're going to balance a budget through raising first-class mail rates is stupid. I can't use any other word. That's it. The two things going simultaneously, slowing down mail and raising the rates at the same time, is just not a good uh, way to generate no. business. Nope. Congressman, I, I agree. We're going to watch the mail volume, what the impact is going to be over the short term, and then we'll come to our, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, I agree, you know, yeah. it's not a good way, not a good way to do business. Congressman, I want to I agree. thank, I want to thank you for joining me on Apps Chat. Anytime, Bob. Anytime. I feel very strongly about the postal service. One of our institutions that are the bedrock of this country. You know, I don't care how many private folks go into business. You're not going to have better social uh, uh, postal service than the United States Postal Service. If you neglect it, interesting, interesting ways to reform it, but they don't change anything. You're going to destroy the service as you and I want it to be. And we don't want that to happen. We don't want that. I want to thank Congressman Pascrell again and thank our Naps Chat listeners for logging on this week. If you enjoy Naps Chat, please leave a positive review in the Apple Podcast Store. And more importantly, share Naps Chat with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy. I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter and make 